Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. He'll get you the sports any way that he can. It's Mike Francis on the fan. Sports Radio 66 and 101.9 FM. From the studios of WFAN, this is Mike Zahn, Francesa on the fan on this Tuesday, the 5th day of February, and we make the transition, probably the biggest transition you make in all the radio in the entire year. The day you come back after Labor Day is big. There's no question. It's kind of the start of the year, but you are already deep into a baseball pennant race. You still have the September race to deal with. Football is just about to start. You've already, but you've already been in training camp for a month, so it's not nearly the transition this is. This is the biggest transition of the year, and having done this so many times, having been doing this since the mid-'80s, the bottom line is every radio host, everybody who does sports tries to figure out what, and everybody has the same thing, you know, discussions with people, they have them with editors, they have them with producers. I mean, what are we going to talk about? And what everybody does is they take kernels and they try to make cornfields out of them. So everything is, you know, the, the littlest, the, the, the slightest story, one word is a firestorm. Okay. Look at judge today. Judge said nothing. What was judge going to do to answer that question? What was he going to say? I don't want Harper. What are you kidding me? Who'd want him? It's a bigger headline than if he says, oh, of course. Why wouldn't I want to play with a great player? The guy's, a whole other, the guy's an MVP. Of course I want to play with him. What's he going to say? Doesn't mean he's coming to the Yankees. What's he supposed to say? Oh, he stinks. I don't want any part of him. Can't answer that question. There's no way to answer that question. So now all of a sudden, Judge wants it. Judge doesn't want anything. You think Judge is, is trying to run somebody out of his job? He's not doing that. What was he supposed to say? There's not a story there. There's no story there. Just like with KP. KP opens his mouth and says, anything right now. Oh, KP. Oh, he said, There's no story there. He's gone. That's the story. He's gone. The Knicks have moved on. Will the Knicks unload some more contracts? Maybe. They shouldn't fool with that. As long as they don't fool with their ability to sign two max free agents or trade that number one pick, it doesn't matter what they do between now and the end of the season. As long as they lose games. Because the season is long, long gone. So we know that. But there's no story there with KP. The Grom, oh, the Grom, oh, the campus, man. How dumb would the Mets be right now? The way this has unfolded, how dumb would the Mets be to give the Grom a big contract right now? Think of it. Could there be a worse time for the Mets as we get ready to open up spring training? He's not a free agent after this year. He's a free agent after next year. He just settled for $17 million. He got a $10 million raise, 9.86 or whatever exactly it was. He got a $10 million raise from last year. So he went from 7.4 to 17. Why would the Mets when DeGrom is still sitting coming off what will undoubtedly be the biggest year of his career, why would you use that point to negotiate a long-term contract with a guy who's 31 years of age? 
be the dumbest move in the history of mankind. Of course his agent wants it. He'd be smart to get it. Why would the Mets do it? They'd be stupid. Play this year out. If he has another massive season, okay, next year this time. If he has another massive season, the Mets are going to have a tough negotiation with DeGrom only because of his age, not because of his productivity, but because of his age. Because he's going to want more years than they're going to want to give him. But right now, coming off this past season where they just bumped him $10 million, they're paying him $17 million. Is he cheap this year at $17 million? Yes. But is $17 million a bad year's pay when you were making seven last year? No. And the Mets are saying, you know what? Before we give you that $30 million a year you want, do it again. Do it again. And if you don't do it again, or you don't pitch the whole season because you have an injury, or anything like that happens, well, heck, then I'm going to say, hey, let's now negotiate a long-term contract because I'm in the driver's seat. Why would I want to negotiate now if I'm the Mets? He's coming off a year that people are calling one of the best years any pitcher had in the last 30 years. Why would I want to negotiate off that season? I already gave him a $10 million bump. Now I got to negotiate a long-term deal off it? What am I? So I'm dumb and I'm dumber. I mean, use your heads. Of course they want to negotiate before he throws a pitch this year. Wouldn't you? But if I'm the Mets, I'm not doing that. I already gave him $10 million bump. Do it again? We'll chat. I'm not going to let you go into your free agent year if you do it again this year. I'm not going to go and let you go into your free agent year because then you can shut down. And I don't want you to shut down. But do it again. Take me somewhere this year. I already gave you a $10 million bump. I don't, you, want me to, you want me to give you a $10 million bump and turn around and give you a long-term contract? Doesn't make any sense. Someone negotiate off my own bump? I already gave you a bump. I just paid you for this year. So when you look deeper, there are no stories in these stories, which is what February is about. Okay, that's what February is always about. It's about turning nothing into something because there's nothing going on in February. There's nothing. You got an NBA trade deadline. We can sit here. It's not going to impact the team. Knicks aren't getting Davis. They don't have anything to get him with. They're not getting him, and they shouldn't give up that pick. So he's not coming here. If what, what would they be giving him? What would they be trading him? What off their roster are they taking? Nothing. So that's not happening. Bottom line is he doesn't even have to be traded this year if they don't want to trade him. So we'll see what happens in the NBA. Obviously, there'll probably be a couple of interesting trades along the way. I would, I, would, I would pay close attention to what's going on in Boston. That's what I would pay attention to. And obviously, what's going on in LA, because LeBron wants to shake up the roster. So see if he can do that and see what's going on in Boston, too, where they're very, very unhappy with what's going on there. And realize that this year is probably... I'd also watch to see what goes on in Washington, because they definitely, with the wall news, you could definitely see other guys traded off that roster, off that roster too. Absolutely. That could definitely happen. Before Thursday, uh, we'll pop Ira up, maybe tomorrow, and, and deal with that.
you know, you turn to baseball right now, but you're still, you know, you're still two months away from the baseball season. And spring training is nice the first couple of days you see it because, you know, it gives you those feelings of, you know, warmth. Like it's nice out today. And that spring is not that far away and you can get through this winter. And then you think about, you know, what's coming in the spring and everything. That's a, it's a nice thought to conjure up. Spring training is a, is a thought. That's what it is. Unless you're there all the time and, you, and you're down there in the nice weather for two months. Otherwise, it's a thought. That's what it is. It's a thought on a cold, slushy day. That the baseball season and April is not are not that far away. What you try to do from the day you spent you do your one day and if it and if it's not in your town, it is a one day post mortem the Super Bowl one day. That's all it is. Unless it's a team that unless it's unless you were playing in the game, it is a one day post mortem. That's it. And then you start to think about baseball. And obviously, if you have to have a good NBA team in your town, it just that just changed things, no question. You're still far enough away from the uh, NHL uh, playoffs if you have something good going on in your town there. And you're still, heck, a ways away from Selection Sunday. A long way away from Selection Sunday. You have to look for your diversions where you find them. The Academy Awards used to be one. It's not as fun anymore. State of the Union tonight. Now, if you happen to be a political guy or you, li- or you like politics like I do, you know, to me, that's like a must-watch tonight. I don't know about you, but that's must-watch. This is going to be great theater tonight, the State of the Union. I don't, whatever side of the aisle you're on, whether you're pro or anti-Trump, you know what? It's going to be great theater tonight if you like that stuff. There's some very, very interesting elements that could be present this evening. So that's it's, it's, there's some fun stuff to watch there. It's great. It, it really is great political theater, and maybe just great theater in its own right that comes your way this evening. You got to watch that. You know, it's just there's there's so much there. There really is. There's a lot. There's a lot there to, to really sink your teeth into. So that should be fun tonight. So you have State of the Union tonight. You got you know St. John has a big game tonight. You know, they got ripped at Duke, so what? means nothing. They could use a big win on the road. They need a big win. They're right on the fence. You know, in the, in the Big East, you have Marquette, lock number two. Of course, the Cats are back. Villanova's on a tear right now, just ripping people their last 10 games. They're unbeaten in the Big East. They're going to be even a higher seed than I thought they were going to be this year. They're rolling along now. So they're in, Marquette's in, and then it's wide open in what is a weak Big East. St. John's got work to do. They definitely have work to do. You know, Tennessee's a good team this year. No question. Good team. Championship team? I don't think so. Virginia's a good team, plays good defense. Championship team? Can't score in the clutch. Can't score when it counts. Michigan has got a really good team. They're a better defensive team than they are offensive team this year. But one thing, watch them get better as they head to March because their coach is a great offensive coach. Now, this is a defensive Michigan team. There's no question, but they're a legitimate threat. And there's a couple of teams that are legitimate threats out there. And then, of course, you have you know, the teams that you expect, led by, led by Duke. I mean, they're... Gonzaga's really good. Nevada's good, but Gonzaga's good. But Duke is still 
pound for pound. They're the best team. Doesn't mean they're going to win, but they're the best team. But there's a lot of good teams this year. There's some pretty strong teams out there this year. And Nova's coming really, coming fast. Behind the big two, really starting to get it together and starting to play very, very solid, solid basketball. And are unbeaten in the Big East so far and have run off at least 10 wins in a row, maybe more. And most of them by decent margin. Beat Georgetown on Super Sunday by 12 points uh, and have played very, very well. So St. John's plays at Marquette tonight, so that's a big game for them. Um, so you got that to deal with. Maybe get a couple of good moments out of that in the rest of this month. And we're still a ways away. The Mets, Brody's talk big. He talks too much. He's overstating his case. He's trying to make a buzz, folks. He's really trying to make a buzz. And he's really trying to put the Mets on the map here. The Mets are at 84 and a half wins. That's their number. That's the con- I took the consensus of three different numbers, and that's their number. I took the consensus of three different numbers, and the Braves' number is 84 and a half. And then the Nats' number is 87 and a half. I thought the Braves would be a little higher, and the Nats would be a little lower, but their consensus was 87 and a half, the Nats. The Braves was 84 and a half, and the Mets was 84 and a half. And the Phillies, you know what it was? 84 and a half. So three teams at 84 and a half and one at 87 and a half. Not going to count the Marlins. The Yankees, if you're interested, their combination of three averages out to 96. The Red Sox averages out to 95.5. They're figuring they can't do it again. And although it's only a half point behind the Yankees. And the Astros actually come in ahead of the Yankees at an average of 96.5. So the Yankees predicted to win 96 games, which is a lot of games. That is a lot. When your number is 96, nobody ever gets a number of 100. So when your number is 96, and I've seen the Yankees as high as 98 in the glory days. Never saw them 100. Saw them as high as 98. I think the year after they won all the games in 98, I think the 99 number was 98 and a half. This number this year is 96, pretty high. Pretty high. A consensus of 96. So that's where we are right now. And, and the Oriole number is the lowest number I have ever seen. The lowest consensus number I have ever seen. Amazing. You know, talking about numbers, one thing. Did New Orleans have, make a concerted effort? You know, this was the, in terms of overall audience, this was the least watched Super Bowl since 2007 in terms of total audience. The last year, with New Orleans having had a heartbreaking defeat in the playoffs, New Orleans, which is not a big TV market, had a Super Bowl rating of 53. That's a very solid for a city to have a 53. New York would never have a 53 for a Super Bowl rating. But they're a small market. Their rating for this Super Bowl to show you, and they did make concerted efforts. They actually had a couple of rallies for people not to watch the game out of protest. Their number for the game was 26. 
So they went from a 53 in a game where they didn't have any, you know, didn't have the team playing and went, dropped to a 26 for the game. So they did make a concerted effort not to go, not to watch. That's a big drop off. Half as many people in New Orleans watched the game as watched it last year. That's a pretty big dip. Pretty big dip. And most people you heard was that the, and they were right about this because I watched it, that the halftime show was awful, which I can attest because I saw it, and that the commercials were not very good, although I can't attest that because I never saw any of them. So I have not seen any of them. They actually played a couple of them during the game inside the stadium, but I really didn't pay much attention to them, to be honest with you. But they did play a couple. So that's where we are. We got a lot to get to today because you know what? It's February. Back after this.